For centuries, dogs and cats have reigned as the most popular pets in the animal kingdom. And that close relationship with our furry roommates has long provided scientists with key insights into humankind. Science finally explained why dogs look like their owners and why your cat thinks you're an overgrown primate prone to emotional outbursts. Whether it's the inner workings of your dog's brain or potentially life-saving info about your cat that you never knew you needed, the latest scientific research is illuminating our relationship with our pets and the ways that dynamic influences life far beyond the dog park. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story looks at how the latest trends on TikTok help researchers determine how much dogs really understand what humans speak. While it remains unclear exactly how much they're perceiving, the latest scientific studies suggest dogs pick up more than previously thought. Our second story is about the cat owners across the globe who are picking up a brain parasite without ever knowing. While one of the most common parasites on Earth is likely living in your pet's litter box, these findings go far beyond cat lovers, with science inching closer to understanding why most of these infections never make you sick. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, can dogs understand you? What the latest viral challenge is revealing about animal science. Brain scans now confirm canines can understand most of what you're saying. Scans showed the dogs process familiar words correctly. Man's best friend not only listens, but actually understands what's being said. Sometimes they even tilt their little dog heads. and Look deeply into your eyes like they're hanging on every word you say. Well, now there's scientific proof that our pooches can actually understand the meaning behind human language. While the reactions seem to indicate an understanding, do dogs truly grasp human words? We've long wondered this for as long as we've kept dogs as pets. Scientific experiments aside, one of the latest challenges on TikTok aims to find out. In videos posted by users of their dogs, the pet's ears perk up and their heads tilt when they seemingly hear their favorite words. Imagine them doing this every time you hear the reaction to these following videos posted on TikTok. Hey Bear, I have to tell you like a really cool story, okay? So I went outside to my car earlier and there were some squirrels trying to get a snack from my back seat. Hey guys, so guess what? Yesterday I went for a ride to grandma's house. And when I got to grandma's house, I showed her all the new dog toys I got. And then after I went for a walk to the dog park. In many of these challenge videos, Dog owners are similarly using a good dog voice, even emphasizing certain favorite words. Despite this fact, there is some evidence that it's because they really do grasp what humans are saying. For example, a 2016 study showed patterns of brain activity in dogs that suggested they process the words of their trainers. And in a 2011 study, a border collie named Chaser learned the names of as many as 1,000 objects over three years. When they hear humans, experts believe dogs are responding to three things, the words, the tone of voice, as well as any context clues. Here to explain how it all comes together and what your dog is really getting out of all those years of conversation is Inverse's Nina Pulano. Hey, Nina. Hey, Tanya. 
in watching a bunch of these videos, as I just did before we chatted, it's basically a fun way to open back up the question of how much dogs really do understand us when we speak. So let's look at the science first as to whether or not or how well they're able to pick up human words. What is that extent? A dog's ability to grasp certain words seems evident, but what's the extent of it? Yeah, as one of the researchers put it, dogs learn words that mean something to them. So words like car or, you know, activities or treats that might be really exciting for the dog, that's sort of worth their learning and beginning to kind of identify when that word is being said and what that means is coming. And in many of these like challenge videos, dog owners, they use that good dog voice, right? That emphasis on those trigger words. Is that intonation of the voice a big part of triggering the reaction? Is is there something to that in terms of what the dog is understanding? Right. So we do know that the dogs are listening to more than just the word and intonation is definitely part of it. Gestures, maybe if, you know, a, a dog owner is moving over toward the fridge, a dog might have a feeling that something good is coming up. So they are listening to more than just the words that are being said. Intonation and um, hand gestures are a big part of it. One of the things that some studies have shown is that dogs are able to learn the same word repeated by different humans. So they're not necessarily associating it specifically with that one person or voice. They're able to actually uh, determine that a, what a word sounds like and then detect it even when it's being said by a stranger. So it's hard to ultimately tell just how much dogs understand when we talk to them, but we do know that context plays a plays an important role. Was there insight into this conceptual understanding, you know, how dogs process words? What did the science say on that? Yeah, so there's definitely a limit to what dogs are able to completely understand. They may be able to learn a command like sit or shake and and what the result of their action in response to that command would be. In other words, sit, they sit, they get a treat. There's definitely a limit to what dogs can understand conceptually. And as one of the researchers put it, um, if you use a word like chicken wing, her pup would know that that is a treat and that's food. They wouldn't, however, connect that to conceptually the idea of a chicken. If they were to see a chicken on a farm, as far as we know, dogs would not be able to make the connection between those two different concepts. So the context is a big part of it. Now, this was a really interesting look at the science behind it all, because we obviously see that there's something to that really fun piece. Nina, thanks so much. Thank you. Across the globe, many cat owners pick up a pet-linked parasite without ever knowing. However, a new study reveals why most don't get sick. These findings stretch far beyond pet owners. Researchers say they could help us understand our own defense capabilities, leading us to better ways of treating human diseases and infections. are controlling our minds. See, there's a parasite that sexually produces only inside cats, which could be bad news for your body and your mind. A parasite that lives in cats, a consistent positive predictor of entrepreneurial activity. We're talking about toxoplasmosis. Your feline friend could be home to a parasite that isn't so friendly to your mental health. Have you heard about this parasite that can control your brain? Yeah, sounds totally crazy. 
Science is learning more about a brain parasite that's spread by eating contaminated food or water and, quite frankly, accidentally swallowing a bit of cat's poop. There, we said it. It's one of the most common parasites on Earth, in fact, infecting up to a third of the world's population. While in the past, this cat parasite was linked to crazy cat people's seemingly odd behavior, the fact of the matter is most infections don't result in any symptoms. And thanks to a July 2020 study in the journal Nature Communications, we're getting closer to understanding why. Scientists discovered the immune cells that run crucial interference between this parasite and the brain. When fighting the parasite, cells called microglia essentially sound an alarm to protect the brain. Jump-starting our immune system to control the parasite, the study suggests this keeps people from ever developing symptomatic toxoplasmosis, the disease the parasite causes. These findings go far beyond cat lovers, however. Researchers say understanding microglia's defense capabilities could lead to better ways of treating other brain infections, like neurodegenerative diseases and autoimmune disorders. Inverse's Ali Patillo can explain this better than I can. Thankfully, she joins us right now. Hey, Ali, how's it going? It's good. Hey, Tanya. So this was a little bit of a rude awakening or kind of a stark reminder for me of sorts, because realistically, we're getting real with ourselves. If this parasite infects, what, up to a third of the entire population, very easy to believe that either you or someone you know has this parasite within them. Let's break this down. Does it really speak to just how easy it is to pick this up, specifically if you're a cat owner, which many of us are? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're totally right. This is an extremely, one of the most common brain parasites out there. But it's interesting because prior to reporting the story, I had no idea that it even existed. And it turns out it infects approximately 40 million Americans. And you can pick the parasite up from cat poop, which is kind of its most famous and controversial link. But you can also become infected from undercooked or contaminated meat or drinking contaminated water. And there isn't really a great way to pinpoint the source of where you would be infected, but it's incredibly common. And it's so common, in fact, that public health agencies, they caution pregnant women to stay away from the litter box to avoid picking this up because they're a vulnerable population to getting sick. So the study allowed us to understand why so many people are asymptomatic. That was a huge part of it. And it it accomplished this by observing the immune system response. So what did we learn about the way these microglia immune cells take on the parasite? Yeah, until recently, you know, scientists were really puzzled as to why this extremely common brain parasite wasn't making more people sick. And so in this particular study, they were looking at kind of the mistake mysterious immune dynamics that were involved and that were protecting the brain from severe damage. And they found out that the dynamic hinges on an immune cell called microglia. So when someone is infected with this brain parasite and the immune system gets kind of kicked into action, these microglia burst and they release a molecule that recruits immune cells called macrophages. These come from the blood and this controls the parasite in the brain, basically protecting the brain. And this keeps people from ever developing a disease called symptomatic toxoplasmosis, which is the disease that the parasite can cause. Essentially, the scientists say these microglia kind of sound the alarm to protect the brain from serious damage. 
because a side note here, it, there's a weird history involved with this parasite. You know, it's been called a crazy cat people's parasite. And then there was talk a few years ago that entrepreneurs had it and they benefited from the supposed risk taking effect. I saw that on social media and I remember that was that was weird. There's a lot that's been out there. Some of it weird, some of it concerning. I guess the question is, what do we ultimately know about the possible negative effects of this parasite? It seems like it's a little murky still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So since this brain parasite is so common, it's been studied really in detail for many years. And even though these wild theories have surged, linking the parasite with, you know, cat people's crazy behavior, or even suggesting that it contributes to mental health disorders like schizophrenia, there isn't any strong evidence suggesting the parasite has large scale or population wide mental health effects. That really hasn't been seen in the research. What we do know is that sometimes when people have compromised immune systems, sometimes due to conditions like HIV, they have more trouble fighting off the parasite and they can become very sick with a disease called symptomatic toxoplasmosis. Um, And according to the CDC, symptoms of this disease can include muscle aches and swollen lymph nodes, which in a lot of people, you know, typically pass in a few weeks or months. But in rare cases, this disease can cause fever, confusion, headache, seizures, nausea, and poor coordination. Um, So there are, you know, the stakes might not be high for most of the population, but it doesn't mean that this is a harmless parasite by any means. But what we can glean from this is really important. Now that we know how these immune cells protect the brain, it seems to really open up so many possibilities treating either brain conditions or diseases where you need more of an immune response. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about how understanding this defense mechanism could potentially, like what it could mean for the millions of people battling all sorts of brain illnesses or infections. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, this is pretty far off based on these findings, but the researchers do say that better understanding and manipulating this kind of immune alarm system using the microglia, that could help us better treat other brain infections and especially those with kind of an immune system component or those that involved brain inflammation, um, such as multiple sclerosis. But it's important to note that these findings were seen in mice. So we have a really long way to go in determining if the same kind of alarm system, as they call it, is at play in people. But either way, I think this is a really fascinating immune dynamic that is keeping our brains healthy. And if we can figure out a way to harness it, that's only going to be beneficial for for everyone. Yeah, that's a good note to leave it on and a good hard look at uh, reality as well. Um, Allie, thanks so much. Thanks, Tanya. Head to Inverse.com to read more about the latest on pet science. You can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening.